0: If you brought a Bible, I'm going to invite you to find the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. That's in your New Testament. And uh, if you find Genesis, just go the other way. All right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you will, uh, we'll have it up here on the screen for you in just a moment. Or you may find it on your digital device. We have been... A preaching a sermon series called Winning. How many of you are winning this morning? Amen. Amen. And our, our question is, who wins if you win? And I hope that as we have been discussing uh, the great importance of persistence and uh, perseverance in our faith, that uh, you have become aware of the fact that God has uh, so much that he wants to do through your life, that when you win, when you're blessed, when you're victorious, that many other people receive that blessing and that victory through your life. Uh, Your life is not an island. Uh, It is touching other people. And when the body of Christ uh, is walking in that blessing, there is no end to where that blessing can reach. Uh, And Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, uh, the words of the Apostle Paul to the Galatians, and before I read it, I just want to mention that Uh, The Galatian church started out well, but about uh, midway through the uh, journey of the church uh, birth and and, uh, development process, it began to lose heart. And Paul writes to them, and he says, you were running so well, what stopped you? What hindered you? What slowed you down? And by the end of the letter, he says to them these words, we're going to read out of the King James here up on the screen, and if you would read it with me, it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. All right, let's try to read that together now, out loud. Are you guys with me this morning? Amen. Amen. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the great joy of being called children of God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God and to hear the word of God. I pray now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word with power and with clarity. And I pray that you would anoint this this congregation as they hear the word to receive it into the fertile soil of their hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk about winning in faithfulness. And this morning I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Say amen, somebody. I'll say that again. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Are there any tough people in here this morning? Yeah, that's what I thought. You know that you and I have been called... Uh, into fellowship, into relationship with God, and our God is a faithful God. When you think about the attributes of God, there are many and there are glorious uh, and wonderful things to consider. The attributes of God are His characteristics. The Bible describes God as omnipresent. That means He's all-powerful omniscient. That means he knows everything. Uh, it describes him as um, omnipotent, as all-powerful, and uh, it describes him as being one who knows and understands everything and who is everywhere. He's omnipresent. It describes him as holy, uh, absolute moral purity. It describes him as just, meaning that he is righteous, and it describes him as faithful. In fact, the Bible says that God is faithful and he cannot deny himself. It says that when, even when you and I are unfaithful, that God remains faithful. In fact, if no one showed up to church this morning, God would still be God. Say amen, somebody. If no one decided to worship the Lord today, uh, God would still be God. He's not God because we honor him. He's God all by himself. And he is a faithful God, He cannot deny Himself. What He has pro- what He has spoken, He will do. What He has promised, He will fulfill. And because we have been called into fellowship with Him, then faithfulness is not only an attribute of God, but it is something that God is forming and developing in every one of our lives and in every one of our hearts. And if you're going to win in life, you're going to have to be. Faithful. If you're going to win in this spiritual battle that you find yourself in today, you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to pursue faithfulness because the win doesn't go to the person who quits or who gives in or who gives up. It goes to that person who has decided, I am in this until I receive the complete and total victory that God has for my life And for my family. Now, the context of Galatians chapter 6, Paul is talking about specifically about the warfare against the flesh. He's talking about the believers' struggle against the carnal nature and against the sin nature. And he says to them in that context, don't be weary in, in fighting the flesh. Don't give up your struggle against sin. Don't give up that pursuit of holiness in your life because if you are faithful to God, you're going to find that God is going to bring a reward and a victory into your life. And so this morning I've come to talk to you about faithfulness, about endurance. The Bible says this, you have need of endurance. How many of you know that you need endurance? So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Listen to what God says through his word. You have need of endurance so that when you have done what God wills for your life, you can receive what God has promised you. You know, the writer of Hebrews tells the Hebrews when he said that in chapter 10, he said, remember how you started out. How many of you remember when you started your spiritual walk? He says, remember how you started out that you were glad when the uh, persecutors came and seized your property. And they took you out of your house and threw you in jail. In jail and, they, and they took your big screen TV and your laptop and your iPad and they confiscated all of your possessions. And you received that with gladness because you said, I was just glad to be uh, able to suffer for the cause of Christ. And the writer of Hebrews says, if you could endure that kind of hardship at the beginning, then he says, don't throw away your confidence in God. Because the same God that you were serving when you started out in this journey is the same God you are serving today. He hasn't changed and his his power toward you has not diminished and so this morning, God says to some of you this morning, remember where you were, how you were when you started out. You remember that when you started out in your faith walk, there was no sacrifice too great. If there was church on, uh, on uh, Sunday, you were there twice. On Wednesday, you were there for Bible study. On Thursday, you were at prayer meeting. You were at small group. You were, you were saying there's no cost too great. There is no sacrifice too great. I've got to get into the, pr- the Word of God. I've got to get into the present of God, but you know then hardships come into your life. Hardships come into your walk and you start to get away from that desire to be in the search for God in the, in the, in the study of His Word. Sometimes the enemy will bring hardship into your life just to disturb and distract your progress in your relationship with God. Come on somebody. I have, I have seen it too many times where somebody starts their walk of faith and then inevitably there is a, a, a loss of a, uh, of a loved one, maybe there's a funeral, maybe there is a, a Thanksgiving party, something gets them off track and then they lose their, their desire to go forward. I want to tell you, friend, that when you and I are enduring in this race, we have to remember that that energy, that strength, that passion that you had for God at the beginning to restore that fire and that flame of passion today so that you can press through and press on to what God has for you today. In the future, because the Bible doesn't promise us there will be no hard times. It doesn't promise us that it's never going to rain on your parade. It doesn't promise us that there's never going to be a challenge. What it does promise us is that God will faithfully be with us in every season of our life. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, somebody. He's talking to you today. He says, I haven't left you and I will not forsake you. Now, when we think in the Bible about faithfulness, there are many people that we could talk about, but I want to share with you for a moment about Noah. Noah is that man that God called to build an ark for the salvation of the human race, the salvation of his family, after God had decided to destroy the world by a flood. And he raised up a a, a man named Noah, and the Bible talks about Noah as being a faithful man. Uh, the reason that, that we see that is because in his generation, the only man who really was serving God in his entire generation was Noah. And you think you have it bad because you're the only one who's serving the Lord in your family tree. Well, Noah didn't have anyone else in his, in his world that was serving the Lord. It was him and his family. There wasn't a great, uh, a great core group of people uh, who were serving God. In fact, Methuselah died the year of the flood. Methuselah was his great-grandfather. That was the last godly man that Noah had to show him the way. But yet in the midst of that, Noah had a persistence of faithfulness toward God. And the first thing we see is that Noah was faithful to God in his, uh, in his heart. He was faithful to God in the midst of a wicked generation. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you and I are living in a wicked generation. We're living in an evil day. And the fact is that the more we go in this nation, the further away we get. From the precepts of God's word. The further we get from what God has taught us in the scriptures. And I have to say that America's blessing is due to America's obedience to God. And if America doesn't obey God, America can't have God's blessing. That's true for America. It's true for every nation under the face of the earth. And on the face of the earth. And it's true for your family and it's true for your life, friend. If you want to have God's blessing, you've got to have a heart of obedience toward God. Yet we live in a generation like Noah that has abandoned the word of God. They have abandoned the, the, uh, uh, the authority of the scriptures. There is a movement in our day that has gotten us away in our educational system from the word of God. Our institutions of higher learning have become institutions of atheism pushing secular humanism and, and the ideas that force men to w- in a way that thinks away from God. A, a, a culture that says there is no God. And in the midst of that, you and I find ourselves in a world that's offering us lifestyles that are not uh, profitable and lifestyles that are not acceptable by the word of God. Our culture today says that it's okay for a man to marry another man or for a woman to marry another woman or that homosexuality is natural. It says that it is okay for us to go on in this type of sexual immorality. It provides uh, a world, it provides a worldview that is contrary to the text of the Bible. And when you and I find ourselves in that day in the midst of an evil that is surrounding us and our our culture a, a world that turns our hearts away from God we must do like Noah and decide I am going to be faithful to God in the midst of an evil generation if no one will serve the Lord then you and I will serve the Lord if no one will will go to God for his blessing you and I will go to God for his blessing If no one else will honor the Ten Commandments, you and I will honor the Ten Commandments. Come on, Kingsway. I'm talking to a remnant of people in in this world that have to decide we're going to be faithful to God in the midst of a wicked generation. Now, that also means we're faithful to God in the midst of hardship. You realize that hardship often is what uh, gives us an excuse to be unfaithful in our spiritual walk. Sometimes when you start going through difficulty, your mind starts thinking, well, it, it, since I'm going through this problem, I'll just have a little drink. Uh-oh. Pastor, where are you going this morning? Uh, since I'm going through this hard time, I'll just call up my old friends and know how to give me the fix I need. Because I'm, because I'm going through this spell in my life, I'm going to call up an old girlfriend And see, we can rekindle the the thing we had back then. And and hardship will tempt you to abandon faithfulness to God. Hardship will make you think that it is okay to to indulge the flesh a little bit because you're going through some hard times. No, friend, when you're going through some hard times, you need to hold on to God all the more, and you need to hang on faithfully because God will be the rewarder of your life. God will be the rewarder of your life. The Bible tells us that Joseph, the uh, young man of great favor and honor, was tempted by his boss's wife. She, She offered herself to him sexually and joseph the bible said that he did not tell her lady Potiphar. let me pray about it let me see what god says you know let me think about it no the bible said that he ran out of the house that's what you've got to do hard times or no hard times you've got to run away from sin run away from the the evil uh, uh evil one run away from temptation and say i'm going to be faithful to god In the midst of a wicked generation, you may be the only one who sees it that way on your job. You may be the only one who sees it that way in your household. You may be the only one who sees it that way in your community. But you and I have to decide, like Noah, we are going to serve the Lord. If no one else will serve him, we will serve him. And like Joshua say, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You do what seems right in your eyes, but I am going to serve God. I'm not going to make an excuse for sin. I'm not going to make an excuse for for why I gave up. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand the test of time because God is with me. Then we see that Noah was faithful in his work. You know that Noah worked for 100 years building the ark. Say, that's a long time. You know that 100 years is a long time and he worked on one single instruction from God. God spoke once in a 100 years and told him, Noah, build an ark, and he gave him the instructions for the ark. Now, I know people that need God to speak to them 10 times before they get out of bed. But Noah had one instruction for a 100 years, and he faithfully worked at the thing that God had called him to do. You know what the Bible tells us this morning? Do not be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing the job that God has called you to do. Don't get tired of doing good. You know, in fact, the, the, the Bible tells us many times to do good. One of my mentors in the ministry, he said, Isaac, you will never lose by doing good. Every day you're going to have opportunities. To decide, am I going to do good or am I going to do not so good today? Somebody's going to speak to you out of tone, you have an opportunity to do good or not do good, right? Somebody burns the tortillas or the toast, you have an opportunity to do good or not do good. Somebody uh, gets in your way, cuts you off in this crazy Beville traffic, you know, and and you have an opportunity to do good or not do good. You see, every single day will present you with the opportunity to do good. And the Bible tells us, don't be weary in well-doing. You might say, Pastor, how long do I have to endure? How long do I have to just be faithful? Friend, be faithful to the end. Because if you, if you hear God's word clearly tonight today, it says, Do not be weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap if you faint not. Did you hear that this morning? God says there is a due season coming into the life of people who are faithful to him. Did you hear me this morning? I said, there is a due season. Is there anybody in here who's waiting for a due season? He says, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. You know what that means? That the faithful have a harvest in their future. I said, the faithful have a harvest in your future. Anybody in here that's faithful? Come on, anybody in here that's faithful, then you need to put a smile on your face because there is a harvest in your future. God has something for you. There is a harvest for those who endure hardship, who endure faithfully doing good. You know, uh, Elder Martinez is here this morning and he told me one day about a a situation where he was was undergoing a a treatment and the enemy came to him while he was undergoing that treatment and said, look at you, you know, uh, you're never going to get up from here and started discouraging him. You know, the enemy does that. He'll hit you when you're down, right? He'll come and just start pounding on you when you're down. And Elder Martinez had a choice. He had a choice. He could sit there and start having a a pity party and agree with the devil and say, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm, 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 I'm losing this battle. But instead, he made the other choice. He made a choice to do good. He picked up his cell phone, and he started calling people and saying, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? He started encouraging people. He started preaching sermons on that phone. And before he knew it, before he knew it, he was feeling better, even though he was praying for other people. Because he was doing good, God said, here's a man that I can honor. Here's a man that I can bless. You see, friend, while you're looking at your problem, you're not solving any problems. But if you would say, you know what, this problem is going to be here in the morning anyway. I'm just going to go and encourage somebody else. I'm going to go and build up somebody else's faith. I'm going to go put some faith in somebody else. You're going to find that God will give you strength from an unexpected source. So don't get weary in doing good because there is a due season. There is a a harvest in your future. If you hang on, if you hang tough, you you keep fighting the fight of faith, there is a harvest in your future. There is a win in your future. God has promised it, friend, and God will see to it that what you have asked for and what you have need of, he will bring into your life. And then we see that Noah was faithful in his faith, he was a man who simply believed God. You know, friend, that faith is what pleases God. You can't please God through how many works you do. You can't please God by by doing good works. Oh, you please God by simple faith in what He has said into your life, what He has promised into your life. How is a person saved out of sin and brought into the family of God? By faith. Everything we receive from God, church, we receive it by faith. It is our faith in the in the word of God, our trust in what God has spoken. That's why the enemy, when he attacks, he attacks your faith. He tries to to question God. He tries to contradict the promises of God in your life. But you have to stand in your faith and know that if God has spoken, then God will do with his hand what his mouth has spoken, that God is faithful, and that God will do what he has promised in your life. You know what David said? David said this. He said, I would have despaired if I had not believed. Listen to that. He said, I would have despaired. I would have given up if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Now, I want to just break that down for a moment. Because first thing there is David is telling us that the way you fight despair is through faith. If you're on the edge of despair, you need to start believing God. You need to put your faith in God. Get the Word of God in you so that your faith can grow up. Because despair comes and, and tries to contradict you through circumstances or contradict God through the circumstances in your life. You have to remember that what God has promised in His Word Is yours as an inheritance of the child of God. And therefore, when you put your confidence in what God has promised into your life, that faith begins to push back against hopelessness and despair. David says, I would have given up. I would have quit, but I started believing. I'm here today to tell somebody, if you're about to quit, you're about to give up. You're about to throw in the towel. You think, Pastor, I can't go on. I don't have another week in me. I don't have another fight in me. Let me tell you, start believing. Start believing. Start believing. Put your trust in God. Put your hope in God. Because David said, I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. But I started believing. What did he believe? He said, I believe that I would see the goodness of God. I don't know if you know this this morning, but you are being followed. He said, Pastor, I've been trying to outrun my past for a long time. I'm not talking about your past. I'm not talking about that bank you robbed, okay? I'm talking about a promise that God makes in his word. Listen, what did David say? He said, I believed I would see the goodness. Say the goodness of the Lord. The Bible says this in another psalm. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Oh, that's good news this morning. I don't know if you know it or not, but you were being followed this morning when you came to church. Who's following me, pastor? You're being followed by goodness and mercy. God's God's hand of goodness and mercy were following your life. Come on somebody, you didn't die in that accident because mercy was following you and you got that raise you didn't deserve because goodness was following you. Come on somebody, surely God said goodness and mercy will follow me All the days of my life. It doesn't matter where you go. You go to the doctor's office tomorrow while you're waiting in the waiting room. Make sure you have three seats because goodness and mercy are following you. If you got to go talk to a lawyer this week, just remember goodness and mercy are following you. If you go see a judge this week, just remember goodness and mercy are with you. Come on. God said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. All the days of my life. If I go into the valley of death itself goodness and mercy are with me God's mercy when God gave me that when God held back that which I deserved I deserved judgment but he gave me sonship and peace I deserve wrath but he gave me joy and heaven that's mercy friend and the goodness of God is that when God gives us something that we didn't deserve something that was not in the agenda for our life something that our sin disqualified us for but God says oh you know I'm holy You know I'm righteous, you know I'm just, but you need to know that I am good. I am good. I am a good God. I am a good father. And his goodness is following your life. David said, I believe that I would see the goodness of God you say yes pastor I am want to see the goodness of God in the great by and by over there in heaven when I cross those pearly gates I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord over there when I get into the streets of gold I'm going to see the goodness of God church I believe in heaven I believe in the splendor of heaven and the joys of heaven and I, I, I preach all of that but here's what I want you to know David said I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living I'm going to see God's goodness here on the earth come on somebody you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience the goodness of God. You don't have to wait to die to experience the blessing of God. You can experience God's blessing in your life right now. Today, His goodness in the land of the living. I believed. I decided to believe God. To put my faith in God. Noah was faithful in his faith. And you see that Noah becomes a winner and David becomes a winner and Paul becomes a winner in their faith walk because they were determined to be faithful and to endure until the end. You know, a lot of people in the church, they don't really believe God. They they give lip service, but they don't literally really believe God. I heard a story about a a, uh, community that was in need of, Rain And so they called, the churches all uh, came together at the cl- county seat at the courthouse to, uh, to pray for rain. The pastors came together, the commissioners, the, the county judge, everybody was there. And uh, in that great vast number of people that came to pray for rain, there was a little girl. And the little girl brought a little yellow umbrella. Everyone else came to pray for rain. She came. To let it rain. Come on, she came because she believed. Hey, I know what God has said. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. Come on, she understood. God is good and God answers prayer. But you know, so many times our prayers don't really believe God. They're just lip service to God. I pray you'll get all you'll get over that religious stuff. And just say, Lord, let it rain. Lord, I brought my umbrella because I expect it to rain. Lord, I prepared a nursery in my house because I'm waiting for that baby to come into our house. Lord, I have prepared that. I cleaned out the garage because I am waiting for that car that you are going to provide. Lord, I got myself a new wardrobe because I am getting that management position. Come on, somebody. You've got to have that kind of faith that says, I believe God. I trust him, I believe him, I expect him to do what he's promised to do in my life. And Here's the truth, that so long as you are moving forward, you're winning. Say amen, somebody. So long as you are moving forward, you're winning. If all you can do tomorrow is get one step in front of the other, just tell your wife I'm winning. Every day that you decide I'm going to go forward, I'm going to endure. I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to believe God. Every step you take is a winning step. I heard about I heard about a young lady who suffers from cerebral palsy and she decided to train to run a marathon. How I don't suffer from cerebral palsy, and I don't plan on running a marathon. But she suffered from cerebral palsy, and yet was planning to run the marathon. And she started training. She started getting, getting the Word of God in her. Started going out to, to run. And finally the day came when she was going to run in the marathon. And really, if you saw her, you wouldn't really think she was running because of her physical condition. It was really, it would seem like more of a walk, but she was running a marathon. And she began that race, and her story is that that by the time she got even close to the finish line, they had already shut down the marathon. They had already taken down the grandstands. They had already taken down the ribbons. They were already cleaning up. And people would say to her, just have somebody come pick you up. It's over. But she'd say, no, I have to to finish. I've got to do what I set out to do. This was a dream of hers, to be able to do this, to really, you know, stick it in the devil's face and say, take that devil. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And although everybody was telling her to just shut it down, and it was over, that the the event was done, she persisted, and one step after the other, got across that finish line, and friend, there wasn't anybody in that crowd to cheer her on, there wasn't anybody in there to say, oh, look, she won the, the gold medal, she got the great prize, she came in first, but you know what, there is a God in heaven who stands and applauds and says, go, 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 I have given you victory, I have given you You triumph. I have given you a spirit of success, a a spirit of victory. There is a God in heaven who calls you his child, and He says, "You can make it. Get up and go in the name of Jesus. You can do all things through Christ, who strengthens you." Oh, friend, when you and I think about it like that, you realize that so long as you are moving forward, somebody might tell you you already missed the boat. Somebody might tell you it's too late for you. Somebody might tell you God won't take you. Somebody might tell you you have already failed. Somebody might tell you you cannot succeed. It's not in your bloodline. It's not in your genealogy. No one in your family has ever made it out of that out of that neighborhood. You stand up and say, I am a child of God. And if I'm moving forward, I'm with winning come on somebody you're winning when you're moving forward toward God's plan turn to your neighbor and tell them you're winning tell them again you're winning think about that you made it to church this morning I don't care if it's a baby step I don't care if it's something small when you are moving toward God You're winning. He says, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what was promised. And then a few verses down, Hebrews 10, he says that you would have had the opportunity to quit, to give up. But we are not those who shrink back. Did you hear that? God says, it's not in our spiritual DNA. We are not those who shrink back to the destruction of the soul, but those who persevere to the salvation of the soul. I want to challenge you this morning. Be faithful to God. And if you're faithful, smile. Because there's a harvest in your future. There's a harvest in your tomorrow. Don't be weary in well-doing because in due season you're going to reap. So faint not. I want to challenge somebody this morning who says, Pastor Isaac, I want to win in my life. I want to win with my family. But you haven't taken the first step, friend, toward winning in your spiritual walk. And that is the step of faith. That makes Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. This morning, the most important decision you can make is to say yes to Jesus. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. God has provided eternal life for you through his son Jesus Christ. And you can receive him today by faith and begin a new life with God. And you will now be on the winning team. You'll now be on the team that's headed toward glory. The Bible tells you, friend, that no one who ever called upon the name of the Lord will be refused. That means you You say, Pastor, you don't know my past. You don't know my present. You don't know what I've been doing. God won't have me, friend. No one who ever called on the Lord has ever been turned away. And if you'll call on God today by faith, he'll receive you as his son. It's just that simple as believing God. And when you put your faith and confidence in Jesus Christ as your Savior, he comes in and does the work. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves in and the Holy Spirit is like a renovation crew that comes in and guts out the junk and junk, the garbage of sin in your life and begins a transformation of your heart, a transformation of your soul. And you can have that transformation this morning if you'll say yes to Christ. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. If you would, bow your heads. If you're a believer, would you just pray for a few moments? I'm going to make an invitation for you in just a minute, but I want to make a special invitation to anybody this morning that says, Pastor Isaac, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to know his forgiveness. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that if there's anyone within the sound of my voice who has not May the commitment of their life to Christ, who does not know the forgiveness of their sins, I pray that you would bring conviction on their heart by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would draw to yourself those whom you have loved from the beginning. I pray right now that no lie of the devil... No satanic bondage, blindness, or deception will be able to keep them from receiving what you have promised them through the message of the gospel. I ask that right now in Jesus' name and for the glory of God. Now, friend, if you say, Pastor Isaac, I have not given my life to Christ. I have not made a commitment of my life to Jesus. Right where you are, if you would, just raise your hand if you say, I want to do that today. I promise I won't embarrass you, but if that's you, you say, I want to give my life to Christ. I need a change in my heart, a change in my life. Right where you are, would you just raise your hand so I can see you? Today is a day of salvation. This is a time. I see you there. Anybody else? This is a time that God has set aside to call you to himself. It's not about whether you're worthy or not. It's not about whether or not he'll receive you. He's made you worthy through his blood. If you'll have him by faith today will be a new day for your life. Now you say, Pastor Isaac that's me. I want you to come into this altar for just a moment so I can pray with you. If you want to give your life to Christ this morning, would you come? If you raise your hand, I want you to come please. And if you didn't but you want to make this decision, right now I'm I'm giving you that opportunity. It's an invitation that God himself makes to your life. Now, the second invitation is to the body of Christ. You say, Pastor Isaac, I want to endure hardship. I want to stand firm in the midst of every challenge that I'm going through in my life. I want to be faithful. If that's your heart's desire today, I want you to leave your seat and just come into this altar. Come on, make that decision. I'm gonna stand firm. I'm gonna go forward. If it's if it's your marriage, you say, Pastor, we want to be faithful, come together. Just make that make it up in your heart tonight. Today, I am going on. I'm going forward. I can't quit. I can't give up. There's too much at stake for your life. There's too much at stake for your family. Today. God says, don't get weary, don't get tired, don't stop praying, don't stop believing. You're going to reap if you faint not. There's a harvest in your future. A harvest for your children, a harvest for your marriage, a harvest for your business, there's a harvest for your family. Hold on to God's word. Believe God. Believe that what he has promised is yours as an inheritance by faith. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord.